RadioNext.tv. We are live from the studio here in the Cool Groove site. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, warping and woofing your radio <laughs> as we do every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, uh, Doc, I know you're feeling like I'm feeling. Yeah. Uh, right in the wheelhouse of my passion, watching the development of our young people, our future. Uh, the go. people who will be making life easier for us in the, in the, the uh, legacy. twilight. Yeah, the, the legacy. legacy. Uh, but no, man, we're going to have a great conversation today. Um, as you know, this show is sponsored by Comenius Institute. And Doc, take it over and tell them about Comenius. And then uh, we're going to introduce our guest. And then we'll take a, a, a musical break as we do. Yeah. Let's see if we can make the young people's uh, move in the seat. There you go. There you uh, go. No, talk about <laughs> it. So Comenius, John Amos Comenius, the famous Moravian pastor from the 16th century, who actually believed that women should be educated, uh, still considered today to be the father of modern education and an important person in Christian and church history. Uh, we emphasize Comenius because he believed in pan-Sophie wisdom that could be found anywhere throughout the earth, and uh, his emphasis is what our emphasis is, warp and woof, the vertical horizontal threads that make fabric, coming out of Colossians 1.17, by him, by Jesus, are all things held together. And today in studio, we have uh, folks who have been with us uh, weekly down at IUPUI's campus, uh, folks who are going to be sharing some of their experiences here today. And uh, we've got three right now. We're expecting more later on. Uh, but let's just go around the table here uh, real quick and introduce yourself. Uh, tell us who you are and uh, what your major is. And then we'll move on to the musical break. Jump right in. All right. Uh, my name is Nathaniel Cantwell. I'm a computer engineering and applied math major at IUPUI. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy coming to Comenius each week, and it's very valuable to me. Good. Uh, my name is John Patterson. I'm going for a major in global and international studies. And I came to Comenius my first semester. Class schedule decided to keep me away from Comenius some weeks, but I did my best to show up when I could. Yeah. It was very, very helpful good. My name is Kelsey Elmore. I'm double majoring in English and paralegal studies. Um, I've been at Cominius since the very beginning. So Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> and we have uh, Luke Haskins, who's going to be coming in, as well as Josette Menard, who's a Haitian young woman, uh, just graduated with her MA in education from IUPUI. I'm going to tone it down, and I'm going to behave myself. <laughs> try to just let half of the monster out the basement. But okay. you know, Josette, I'm going to have a ball <laughs> saying that. No, but just stay and listen. I'm going to even have some music for our young people today. I've got it loaded up. Uh, stay with us. We're going to have a great time today finding out uh, where these young people are going and, and how they get there on Comenius Institute, Warp and Wolf Radio. This is Cool Groove Radio. Oh, yeah, and if you notice, the uh, beat is up a little bit this week on the uh, Warp and Wolf Radio show. Harold H.B. Bell, Dr. Mark Eckel in the house, and we are all smiles as we have our future in the house today. Yeah. Uh, the Comenius Institute-sponsored program, Warp and Wolf Radio. Dr. Mark Eckel, man, you have uh, finished another year of doing yeah. some great work on the IUPUI campus, uh, really sharing ideas, thoughts, uh, incorporating the wisdom and the knowledge that it's going to take to move forward in life. Um, and these young people have definitely been uh, uh, offered a dose of some real good uh, wisdom and knowledge as they move forward. Uh, introduce our guest again, if we can. We had two more that come into the Yeah, house. yeah, we had uh, uh, Kelsey and John and Nathaniel have introduced themselves. Uh, Luke and Josette have now joined us uh, after the break. Uh, why don't you guys just tell us your names and uh, tell us what your majors are, and then we'll get right into the questions. Very good. Well, my name is Luke Haskins. I'm a marketing major and uh, computer science minor. 
I'm Juzette, um, J-U-Z-E-T-T-E. <laughs> and um, I go to IUPUI and I'm majoring in elementary education, masters. And you are graduating. I am. Next week, yes. Yes. Yes, well, congratulations. This Sunday. Well, this Sunday, yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't miss anybody, right? Y'all are still taking classes, right? Yeah, okay. Just want to make sure that I'm still on the same page with everybody else. Well, it's been a great year, uh, as HB has suggested. Uh, the idea, of course, uh, behind Cominius is to actually provide a bridge for uh, students coming into a public university uh, where they're engaging lots of different ideas that sometimes haven't heard before, but certainly the idea is to give, uh, give them somebody to hang on to, somebody to talk with about the ideas that they're engaging, and that's what we've been doing uh, all this particular year. So one of the things that we uh, did on Mondays was we had a round table basically of uh, at lunchtime on Mondays from about 12 o'clock until whoever needed to go left 1.32 sometimes in the afternoon which was great. Tuesdays we had individual meetings uh, with individual students. So the first question I've got, uh, you guys just jump in as you would like. Uh, what was the benefit that you gained from the Cominius uh, lunches or the personal meetings? Uh, whatever comes to your mind. Yes, this is radio. We do not want dead air. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> Jump right in. I can say that um, we take in a lot in schools, and um, we're supposed to uh, think a certain way, and sometimes uh, this collide with what we already, already believe in. And having a group, we can discuss those ideas and how they clash in our heads, and our reality is very, very uh, useful. And Good. important too, you know, we get to shout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get to yeah. talk with other people who yeah. might believe what you believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's dangerous because it can become an echo chamber and yeah. like but I think the fact that we're also experimenting the other world, if you want to call it so so much, it just stick, we, we're not in an echo chamber, definitely yeah. not. Good. Definitely. Um, I think it's interesting because I think the, the key to it is we're really learning to frame the things that we see every day that maybe we don't even think about the things that we take for granted a lot of times mm. those things just come up as you know we start to talk through our day and we start to think of oh yeah actually I had a conversation with this person and that that led me to ask you know this question and then other people bounce off of you and it's really really interesting to be able to talk with people about the little things that you kind of take for granted and be able to really frame it in a way that is meaningful um, for, for future encounters. And I think that that's one thing that Cominius has really helped me with. Good. Yeah. Framework. Excellent. Other yeah. thoughts on this? Uh, I would say it's, I mean, primarily when you're taking classes all about whether it be philosophy, ways of thought, I mean, different views of history, art, I mean, all those things. Those are fundamental ideas of culture that when being a Christian, you're indoctrinated in a way with how Christians are supposed to view things, with how you've always got a lens for art, for music, for how even your church service is supposed to go. <laughs> so you've always got these assumptions on, okay, this is how it's going to be, this is how it's always been, this is how it's supposed to be. So being able to have a soundboard of when you're confronted with ideas that you've never heard before or seem maybe counterintuitive or counter to what you've grown up with being this is the correct way to do right. this particular activity, whether it be 
saying certain things when you're talking with somebody or how you give a proper greeting or I mean just certain things that you've grown up with it's always helpful having a soundboard of okay I just had a weird conversation with the person earlier can you help explain why this person said this I mean because to what I've grown up with that seems counterintuitive as if they're wrong hmm. but being able to talk with people and not that it always has to be Bible, church, prayer, I mean, constantly, but it's helpful being able to have a Christian perspective and talking with people and explaining, okay, so how, as a Christian, should I view this? Mm-hmm. Not in a church sermon, but in a real one-on-one conversation or as a group in how some communities' lunches were, but really just understanding on a real personal level, how do I actually interact with this person? How do I actually talk with them in a way that I respect their views, but still show that I hold my own? Yeah, good. Yeah. Other thoughts? I think it's, it's really been great for me uh, to just sort of build the relationships with all you guys and, and the other people who attend. Um, just Not because sure. we're all... Yeah. <laughs> anytime, Joe. No, because we're all, uh, we're all sort of at the same level. Uh, we have similar similar backgrounds, but each distinct and, and different in their own ways. So we, we have the chance to challenge each other and really, I, I think, grow as Christians, as students, as people. Um, and that, to me, has been really valuable, especially because Comenius is a little more unstructured. It's not like we're going through a book and we have to t- stick to the chapter. We have 45 minutes of discussion, then 45 minutes of, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like that. It's very real, very down-to-earth, I think. And that's been a breath of fresh air compared to some of the things I grew up with. And, yeah. Yeah. I'd say our point of view is the source of a discussion. So we mm. just come up with issues yeah. or questions and we go yeah. from there and it goes from political to biblical to cultural it's mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah and like it makes it always relevant dr mark this is incredible uh, i work with uh, young people all the time and i think one of the main things that we lack in the educational process is creating identity self-identity um, how important has this been in making the transition of being kind of like managed uh, in your household, to this ownership that you have of life. Now, how important has having this uh, this forum on a weekly basis kind of helped you gather a little bit more sense of, okay, here's what I need to do as I'm an individual uh, owner of my life now, because it's easy for your mom and dad to say, this is what you have to do, well, much like yeah. you said, uh, John, but how, how has it helped to have this, this platform here um, in the development stage of that? It- I'd honestly say it's, you're grown up, when you're growing up, your parents are explaining to you how you should see the world, how you're supposed to act in different situations, how you're supposed to handle yourself in certain situations. With Cominius, it allows you to take what your parents have taught you, go into those situations, and then kind of get debriefed afterwards of, okay, this is what happened, is this supposed to happen? Yeah. Because it kind of went sideways from what I had always been taught, is that okay, or am I supposed to act differently, or was that the complete wrong thing to do, and I just didn't know better? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really helpful in kind of being that safety net between reality, being able to be in reality, but still kind of go back under the protective wing of somebody who's much more knowledgeable in culture and society in general, being able to ask them the questions of, okay, how do I do this for real? Be awesome. nice to me. You can tell me the truth. I need to know. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. It's really, really helpful with Cominius. I always felt like it was really nice having Cominius, like, um, just at the beginning of the week, kind of just started off talking about um, academics and um, with a Christian perspective, just to start. You know, at the very beginning, um, the assignments that you have coming up, um, 
because your parents, are, you know, it's been a while since they've been in college, so it's always kind of nice having Dr. Echo, <laughs> who's very understanding about things like that. Um, so I always found that helpful just to start the week. So I am com- I from I come from a completely different cultural background, as you can tell in my accent. I'm not from around here. <laughs> I'm actually from Haiti, and um, where we are um, quite conservative culturally, as in things are set in one way, whether we believe in God or not, which is very, there's a very low percentage of atheists, atheists in Haiti anyways, but um, whether you're a voodoo believ- believer, Catholic, or Protestant, we are conservative as a whole. Um, and I, I came here in America, I was, I was 21 years old, I'm the only one here, my family is still in Haiti, and um, even, even though I was kind of on my own, I was still protected by this Christian community because I was first in a Christian, a Christian college, and we all think somewhat the same way. We may have uh, biblical or theological nuances, but it was still the same. I think that this ownership came in, um, came alive for me when I started going to IUPUI in 2015 when my values were, like, I would say the word attacked. Challenged. (laughs) (laughs) Well, challenge is great, but attacked because if I voice my values, I was going to be shunned down very quickly. So it's not even a challenge if you're not even able to say what you think. So, um, yeah, challenge would be a great word if we were exchanging values. It's more like, open your mouth, I'm feeding you all I think is right for you, and you don't don't get to say anything about it. That's what I... Yeah, they don't let you respond. No, you don't. Yeah, I have have taken classes, actually, three classes with doctorate students, and it can be quite intimidating to say what you really think. And when you do... Um, the teachers would be like, well, I, I, we're not talking about this right now. <laughs> that, that has been said to me yeah. once. <laughs> See, and, and I hope the listeners, I hope the listening audience is understanding what this is today. We are uh, experiencing real conversation, real thoughts with um, college students right now, uh, not far removed from living in their homes. Uh, and now they are taking ownership of their life as they pursue, um, you know, some of the wisdom and knowledge that was imparted on their family. Uh, as we go to the break, I want to leave this question off, Dr. Mark. I know, you know, I don't do scripted. I yeah, do listening. <laughs> no, and that's what's beautiful about what we do because we're having a conversation. This is not an interview. Uh, we want people to be candid and we want people to understand who are listening. Some of the things that our young people think instead of us getting in the room as advisors and adults saying this is what we should do. Uh, we, we, we will never know if we don't talk. But the question I have, and it's, it pertains to the Christian faith, and, and you said you, you made a very good point. In the culture of Haiti, the, the values that people live by are so uniform, you're, you're not standing room to be attacked a lot because you have a continuity of how we live at, in this village. Right. All of us, though, as Christians come from a culture where we celebrate our Christianity different, uh, particularly here in America. So when we come back off the break, when you came to IUPUI, all of you come from different parts of the state, different parts of this country maybe. Uh, how did it feel to mesh your Christian values, what you had learned with this culture that doesn't really have a Christian definition on a college campus. And when we come back, we're going to ask those questions you're listening to, Warp and Wolf Radio, on the Cool Groove site at Radio Next.
RadioNext.tv, we are live in the studio today, and we are blessed and honored to have our young college students in the house. And I don't mean young-minded, uh, I just mean young chronologically when you're here at 60 years old. Let me say, first of all, brother, happy birthday oh, to you. Oh, thank you, man. Week. Thank you. Uh, you know, the big 6-0, still fresh, and you go on yeah. Facebook. I tease him every week, but I call him pretty boy every time I post his picture. <laughs> You know, so go out and check out my twin brother in Virginia. We love you. Uh, but we are in studio today, and then we have Kelsey Elmore, John Alex Patterson, Luke Haskins, Nathaniel Cantwell, and Josette Menard. And we are talking about uh, the transition um, of, of trying to maintain a solid, sound Christian lifestyle as they are thrust into this uh, new environment of individuality and, and all these temptations and all the things that mm -hmm. can come along with being an adult. Uh, Dr. Mark, great, great students that you have Yeah, here. absolutely. Uh, continue this questioning, man. I'm loving this. Yeah. So you guys jump into this. Uh, HB set you guys up uh, coming from one culture, a Christian culture, into this culture. How did you mesh? How did you fit in? Uh, what are some of your experiences there? It, I'd say at first it was sort of a us versus them hmm. mentality because, I mean, when you've always grown up in a Christian home, you've always gone to church, which meant just about... I mean, I was also homeschooled. So to me, my entire environment, my entire life was all around Christians. So I, other than my neighbors, I don't think I had any real contact with non-believers. Mm -hmm. So it, for the longest time, it was us versus them mentality because that's how it always had been. It had always been non-believers were out there. They're the group outside of this that, yeah, you occasionally see them, but you never actually come in contact with them. You never actually have to do a project with them. You never have to sit down and do a class with them. I mean, that was always something that, oh, that's down the road. It's down the road. Well, once you get thrown into college, guess what? It's now. <laughs> so having to get used to being around people with different views, it, at first, I mean, this may just depend on your personality and who, how you resolve situations like that, but for me, it honestly was a listen first, talk later. So just learning more about, okay, I'm in this new environment, there are a lot of new people, so I might as well learn more about them before I try to put myself in those groups because I don't even know what the groups are made of and who, sure. I mean, who was in there and what they believe. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a really yeah. wise approach to listen and then talk. You know, the whole two ears and one mouth thing kind of kicks into gear at that juncture, <laughs> you know. Other thoughts on this? My experience has been a little different. So I'm, I'm studying a more technical field, engineering and math, and mm -hmm. none of the, the courses that I've taken, with very few exceptions, really runs counter or encounters my Christian beliefs at all. You know, it's not like Jesus had anything to say about circuit analysis. So, <laughs> <laughs> as far as my You're experience... doing algebra wrong. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's, Repent. But I think the real danger for me is really just isolating my faith from the rest of my world because so much of the focus in engineering is surviving in a sense you know because the coursework is so intense there's so much work um, that myself and many of my peers really feel like we have to just buckle down and, and trudge through every day you know working in between procrastinating working as hard as we can <laughs> so uh, the danger is again just just not thinking about it not not bringing it into the rest mm -hmm. of my life and I go to Bible studies I go to Comenius I go to church um, but the the tendency and I'm, I'm guilty of this personally is, is just to leave it there only mm -hmm. to to have it for the couple hours each night or um you know on sunday mornings and that's not the way that we're supposed to do christianity mm -hmm. you know i think jesus said 
go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. And that's the danger is just not having the opportunity, not having those conversations come up mm. at all in engineering. So that's something that I've tried to work toward and something that I think Comenius has sort of helped me address um, to just talk with other people about when things do come up, to how, how can I address this, bounce my thoughts yeah. off other people. Yeah. Jump in, Luke. I'm somewhere in between. So <laughs> I, I um, as a business student, what we get a lot of is a lot of conversations about ethics. We get a lot of conversations about how to, in a business setting, um, set yourself up for success in a way that reflects you have character, whatever that means, integrity, whatever that means. And uh, we go over these sort of very generic terms and it's very interesting because I never would have thought, I, again, I, I kind of agree with John a little bit because I do think I would say there was a little bit of an us versus them mentality in the fact that when I came into college, I expected it was going to be me versus a bunch of people who'd be like, here, you know, um, drink this, do this, you know, and I'd be like, no, and it'd be like this big crusader for the faith, right, <laughs> pulling out my, my Bible and be like, let me show you exactly why not. Um, but instead, it's it's looked a lot more like wolf in sheep's clothing mm. in a lot of cases because you've got all of these different things that are not bad things inherently, right? But they are isolated entirely from a Christian worldview. And for that reason, you go and ask anyone in that class. You go and talk to them, well, why is it that you, you believe that? And they, they have honestly no idea. You ask the teacher and they're not really allowed to say anything, even if they're believers. even if uh, And if they're not believers, they have nothing you know to say. And so it's, it's very, very interesting going and having these conversations and, and asking, okay, but, but why is that the case? And everybody just kind of stands around and says well that's the way that it's always been and things just tend to work better that way and that's that's kind of the the agreed upon um way of doing that so i think it's interesting you're you know a lot of times you're addressing the culture who may in some cases have you know what seems to be more common ground with you than than disagreements but if they are missing the fundamental piece of where that's coming from mm -hmm. then you have to address that and say but where where are you getting these ideas from? Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. The origin of ideas is one of the things that we've really talked about quite a bit this year. Uh, the concept of the uh, starting point, the source of where does this come from. And it doesn't really matter if you're in engineering or in business or in education. Uh, pick a, a subject area, pick a discipline, pick a field of study. The origin of thought is huge because that origin is always going to have assumption basis to it. Anybody else want to jump in on this one? And because we're on radio, no dead ear. Go ahead, Juzette. <laughs> um, in education, it's kind of different because you're, we're not told uh, anything about religions, but um, we're told about a lot of social issues and how teachers may or may not be the reason why um, certain... Uh, ethnic groups are failing and um, and it, it really challenges you in, in, in a way that you wouldn't you never think that social issues would be this uh, fragmented and this diverse but yet um, it is the reality is it is and it affects you in a in a way that I never expected for example um, I come from a value where um, we 
we are taught responsibilities no matter what like Haitians are not cuddlers they won't cuddle your feelings they won't make that's not they don't believe in making their goals to make you feel better about yourself that's not something we have in our mentalities and here um, the teacher in in my class uh, last semester told told us blatantly that yes I'm gonna cuddle uh, certain groups because of reasons because they're black or because they're uh, people of color and um, I'm like well how is that fair you know like the question of fairness makes you question quite a bit of things and it really get, gets into what would Jesus say and people and it's I know it's complicated what I'm saying but um, I think that I wasn't expecting for education to be this complicated I was expecting to learn how to uh, teach how to uh, create a curriculum but not this level of um, of craziness that actually actually attacked my faith yeah Th that's a good segue to I was getting ready to ask a question because yeah. we were talking about the us against them mentality um, you know, on campus as a Christian. And I was wondering, um, much like scripture says, uh, you know, Jesus spent a lot of time out in the field with the them, so to speak. Um, and, and I was wondering how much have, have you being a Christian student uh, uh, at IUPUI reached out to those who are not believers and said, hey, come with me one Tuesday afternoon and see. But when you were talking, you said, I was thinking how how you use the word attack and it is a good word because now you're not only having to deal with a new culture and a new clientele as a Christian, you're dealing with a whole new culture um, as an individual from a country who is totally, I mean, the, the educational process here, and I will agree with you, it is so watered down and so filtered down and so systematically biased yeah. uh, that it's scary and mark and i have this conversation all the time and we lived here all of our life so i can only imagine what it would be like to come here and have to face the reality of what you think you're coming to versus what you're right. dealing with but uh honestly tells me perseverance is a real deal else you wouldn't be graduating to do it. <laughs> so congratulations on that but but to that note uh what is it like and, and how is it when you are a christian college student uh to say come with me and just hear this because this isn't a religious mission this is this is a spiritual mission, I would think, more than anything. Uh, how do you go about doing that? How do you invite people, or do you? Did you from, uh, from? I've moved around a lot. I mean, with my dad's job and all. But a common theme is that the weight of truth must be bared by a relationship that is already strong. So trying to just slam somebody upside the head with truth and say, this is how it is, this is how you should believe, have fun, let's do this. I mean, that, that normally doesn't yeah. work when you don't have a relationship with somebody in which they trust you. Because building that trust of, okay, what comes out of your mouth, I'm actually going to let it have an influence. I'm going to let it have an impact on how I think and how I view the world. So from what I've found, I mean, normally at the beginning of a the school year when you're just starting out, new classes, new place to live, I mean, new social life, new schedule, I mean, all that stuff, all brand new. Normally, that's one of the last things on your mind is evangelism and trying to spread the word because you're trying to think, okay, I gotta make sure I get my feet under under me properly and I actually know what in the world's going on. So 
normally it's once you've developed that and you've people now understand who you are and because you've been to classes for several months now and people know that okay this person he's maybe a bit uptight but he's <laughs> normally knowledgeable about the material so he's actually trying to be a good student and also okay I'll, I'll I'll hear him out a little bit I mean and then once you've got those that type of relationship and that type of credibility it allows people to do more when you're trying to talk about faith or when you're trying to talk about the origin of ideas or the origin of humanity and the universe and stuff like that I mean really deep stuff people are more willing to hear you out when you've demonstrated that you are someone worth yeah. listening to. the issue of credibility is, is a big deal here did you want to jump in Nathan uh, well I a little bit I just I think there's there's a lot of Christian activity on campus actually more more than I was expecting um, but being at IUPUI a lot of uh, people I've encountered just in completely different areas are um, I've seen them at, at youth groups, Bible studies, whatever, and it's it's been really encouraging, I think, to see that. Um, but at the same time, there are a lot of people searching as well, and um, some specific people come to mind. But especially in, you know, my my limited field compared to you guys is just engineering. People are so focused; they're they're thinking about these questions that all of us have about religion, about meaning, about life, and there's just not a lot of active searching going on just sort of there you know mm. i remember one guy i was talking to i invited him to come to a bible study he said you know what i just i don't feel qualified you know <laughs> to talk about the bible i want to read it first and understand it and i to one degree i i respect that but at the same time you know that's there's i think there's a need for sort of a burning desire to mm. be awoken and i don't see that in in a lot of my classes of people who are uh, searching for Christianity, but there's still the search and there's still that desire that all of us have. Yeah, yeah, I, w I would agree with that. I would say, um, you know, half the time you're, you're just trying to feel the waters and see if they're even even ready to bite because, like, you know, if you can't pick the fruit, you know, don't bruise it is <coughs> what my dad always says. Um, and so you figure that out through conversation. So I feel like this semester, um, now that I'm, you know, just finished sophomore year, um, I've been a lot more comfortable talking to other people. I got a job on campus talking to coworkers, and so you just kind of raise questions and comments with them just to kind of feel it out. Um, but yeah, it's trying to find that balance of like, all right, who, who's ready for this and who's who's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I have a couple of thoughts on this. I think that this is. Um, as we're talking about, you know, how do we address unbelievers on the college campus, I think that one thing that was completely a surprise to me, I remember, so actually I have a story to go along with this. There was, um, as I got into orientation with who was going to be my, my future roommate, um, he and I, uh, we, were, we were both believers at the time, um, and there was a third guy who was rooming with us during orientation. Um, and this third guy, I remember we were, um, as the two of us were discussing classes, one of us just very briefly said, hey, we're, you know, we're trying to figure out what classes we're taking. What about religious studies? And we were just kind of going back and forth. It wasn't anything really big. And um, all of a sudden, he, you know, the, the third guy comes out and says, well, actually, uh, I've got a, a lot of really interesting religious beliefs. I don't even know if you'd like to hear it. And I said, I'd love to hear it. So <laughs> we, and it, it was hilarious because as soon as, you know, he absolutely, Absolutely. I mean, he loved the, this conversation. He loved being able to be in an environment where he felt absolutely welcome to be able to have these con kinds of conversations. And I think what's so interesting, the thing that I would have never expected on the college campus, I thought that it would be a battle of me trying to push them to have a lot of these conversations. But a lot of times, 
they, whether they realize it or not, whether it's, you know, realized or subconscious, they are desiring, they are craving these kinds of conversations because it's meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. You know, you ask, well, what is your major? You know, s simple questions. What is your major? Well, I'm this. Well, why are you going into that? Well, it's because I want to impact the community in this. Well, well why do you want to do that? Well, it's because of this fundamental belief yeah. that I have. <laughs> and you go into it and you realize how much people are wanting to talk about the core beliefs, the things that are most, you know, valuable to them. And I think that that's, that's something that's very, um, it's, it's very important. And so I think critical questions are absolutely key in having those types of conversations. In, in radio land, that's segue stuff, man. That is, <laughs> no, that is power because what you're saying is people are attracted to the light. Right. Yes. Um, and if you represent who you say you are as a Christian, people will be attracted and start asking those questions like, how come you're like you are? Uh, Kelsey, when we come back, I want to know because you just shared that you're getting ready to take an internship. Um, uh, far away from home, and much like you said, you'll be leaving. You, you won't be leaving the United States, but trust me, going to Indianapolis to where's that, Texas? Yes. <laughs> you're going to be leaving the country, so we're going to come <laughs> back, and we're going to find out more from these great, great individuals here in the studio with us today on Warp and Wolf Radio. Stay tuned. RadioNext.tv on the Cool Groove site, and we are in studio, and I call them the Fabulous Five <laughs> in studio with us, man. We've oh, got sure. Giuseppe Menard, Nathaniel Cantwell, Luke Haskins, John Patterson, and Kelsey Elmore, and we've stopped with you, Kelsey. Getting ready to go to Texas, and I'm sorry, Texas. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and if you've been listening to the Herald Bell, you know sometimes I get outside of my way, so please, <laughs> please forgive me. Uh, Dr. Mark, incredible show today. Yeah. Uh, first of all, man, I just, you know, you're my brother, and I just want to really say thank you for taking the time to impart wisdom and knowledge on our young people. And, and we say it all the time that uh, we have a lot of older folks who always ask what's wrong with our young people. Mm -hmm. And my, my, my response is, without hesitation, is you're not spending time with them. Yep. Uh, you're That's not it. trying to, you know, uh, instead of own them, give them some authority. So when they go out, much like uh, uh, was discussed earlier, your parents teach you, teach you, teach you, teach you what you need to do. We have to trust that if you do the right thing, then when we let them go, they're going to create their own authenticity. They're going to create their own individualism. But the principles and the, and, the, and the fruit that you put inside will carry them through. And too many times we're wanting to put it in them and then tell them how to use it. Yep. And uh, that, yep. that's the wrong message. And what you're doing over at Comenius and over on the IUPUI campus needs to be emulated and done uh, in school systems and, and, you know, sports programs, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we have to let these individuals come out and just give them some wisdom. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And thank you so much for being on the board, HB. We're grateful for your service, man. And, and honestly, it's the radio show that uh, has become a, a real pillar uh, to Comenius that gives us an outlet and an opportunity to communicate in a way that we probably wouldn't have had otherwise. But uh, I do believe uh, we, uh, HB set you up, Kelsey, so now you know you have to actually come through on this one. Um, the question has to do with the, the issue of uh, how do you feel about going to this internship? Uh, what are you looking forward to? How do you think this might uh, benefit you, change you? Just take it away. How do you think this is going to hit you? Uh, well, uh, to begin with, it's going off far away <laughs> on my own. Um, haven't done that before. Uh, recently, this past semester, I lived downtown five days a week and then went home on the weekend, so I still had that mm -hmm. uh, refresher. <laughs> sure. You got your family at home, yeah. yeah. So this will be new. Um, it's interning with a uh, public prosecutor, and he also dabbles in other parts of the law. Um, 
so it'll it'll be helping me learn a bit more about my intended field. Yeah, and your your intended field is the law, uh, which has been a discussion you and I have had uh, and the rest of the group uh, throughout this particular year and the importance of understanding that there is a law outside of the law that's human law. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's been interesting trying to navigate that. Mm. Um, hearing one thing, you know, in the textbook and then another like, okay, yeah. well. <laughs> and, and you've written some really great papers and uh, you've let me read some of those papers. Some really great stuff there. Yeah, those were between my English major and my legal major. I, I've had a lot of... Uh, deep thinking I've had to do <laughs> for essays and stuff, um, working with things like rape culture, with uh, uh, millennial Americans, to then just making things about car accidents, you know, mm. <laughs> writing writing reports. So yeah. it's been a very broad range of uh, yeah, that's, assignments. That's really great. L let's uh, continue the, down that particular road with uh, summertime issues and uh, how, how it relates to your life going forward. Uh, what are you guys going to be doing this summer, and what, what, why does that matter to you at all? What is, what, what, why does that matter to you at all? What is, what, what, why does that matter to you at all? What is, what, what, why does that matter to you at all? What is, what, what, why does that matter to you at all? What is, what, what, why does that matter to you at all? What is, what, what, why does that matter to you? Uh, what's going on? Go ahead, Nathaniel. Well, uh, I'll be taking a couple classes first session, um, linear algebra and economics. So that'll be fun. But I'm also looking to do a bit of research with one of my professors. So that's exciting, getting my feet wet, um, just familiarizing myself with the territory. But um, really in the summer, I think it's a great opportunity to learn stuff. And um, for me personally, my goal is to just like do one or two things this summer and really just do them to completion. Um, and that might be learning piano, might be learning something about computers or whatever it is. And, you know, there's always money in trying to get a job, so that's that's a thing too. But uh, just, yeah, just try to relax and enjoy, enjoy the summer a bit. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's also, it's trying, it's taking the opportunity to, to learn something that you're really interested in and not have to worry about, oh, yeah. like, impressing the teacher or getting good grades, you know, taking care of that GPA. Um, it's, I really enjoy being able to take advantage of that. That's a good thing. Well, go it, yeah, it's so true. I mean, in the school year, especially in my classes, I felt like I've been so busy doing the homework that I haven't had time to learn the material, exactly. you know. <laughs> and, and when I do learn, the little bit that I do learn has been extremely valuable, but I'd love to just delve deeper and really take the, the time to dive into what I want to dive into. Mm. Um, so that's, that's something I think summer is good for. There's good. always such a difference between taking... Um, taking classes over something, which is usually you have to do that, you have a certain book that you have to read and things like that, which a lot of times can be very helpful in your knowledge going forward, and I, I don't discount that by any means. But when you go and you take the time to go and, for example, learn a language, that's something that I've been trying to think about doing. So go and look into possibly learning different languages, learning Spanish, French. Um, I would absolutely love to be able to do that. And so I, I feel like the more time you invest in that, it's it it's such a rewarding experience when you kind of go out of your way and you start to do the reading and put in the work because you really care about the, the material that you're going over. So, yeah. It matters. The, the issue of diving in deep uh, and then skimming the surface, I've always, th this is my little harangue, so you know, give me 20 seconds on this. <laughs> One of my little harangues about university settings, 
is it's a slam and jam, run and gun kind of approach to knowledge. And and uh, university doesn't give you an opportunity to slow down and think through and, and uh, consider other options and so on because everybody is, and here's the famous phrase that I absolutely disdain, cover the material. Absolutely the worst phrase in education. So other comments here about uh, summer that's going on. Uh, well, I'm actually going to IU Bloomington for a Russian language intensive. Oh, Russian <laughs> language. <laughs> Boom. Big stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, basically a month long, but it's called an intensive because in about the span of, it looks like it's three weeks, but it's called a four-week program, but it counts as if you've done two entire semesters of the language Wow. curriculum at IU Bloomington. So, yeah, that's that's going to be rather interesting. I mean, my goal is to become fluent in it, so I figure yeah. this is a good as place to start as ever. Man, the president's going to put you on speed dial, man. Look out. <laughs> Check you out learning Russian. That's This is big stuff. Yeah, this this issue of being ready for the world, HB. Here hey, we are. Speaking of ready for the world, you know, I, I always have to ask, because I'm a Christian guy now, and I think I'm better than I've ever been. But, oh, Lord, I'm thinking when I was 19, 20, 21 years old, man. <laughs> I, my grandma was up there shaking her head. Right <laughs> <laughs> Question I want to ask. This seems to be a great recharge center, just much like you said, Kelsey, like every Tuesday, get your week starting right. You know, you go to church service on Sunday, Tuesday, by the time you go to school on Monday, you need some more Jesus. <laughs> so, so what I'm asking is, with the summer being out and this, this recharge center where you used to go to your refuge to say, okay, I know there's a place that I can go and, and, and keep my faith strong and and. and you know, fellowship with other people who feel like me, think like me. How how in the summer do you maintain or do you say, let me keep this this feeling, this spirit alive? Because you know how the devil is, you know, that idle mind, you know, is the playground. Um, and you don't have your resources with you, you know, your partners with you. How do you maintain keeping strong and keeping your faith solid uh, without this during those summer months? I'd say... Um one key to it, as you said, a lot of times idleness is, is the devil's playground. So I would say a lot of times you do have to go and make sure that as you know, you have this free time in the summer and you have this time that's kind of you look at it as this this beautiful, unstructured time. And it's it's good, but you have to make sure that you're investing it well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's sort of like if you've been given, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, right? and you have to, to go and spend it, <laughs> what are you going to spend it on? And you have to make sure that you're, you're investing it well, otherwise it just kind of goes to waste. You, you start to realize over time that without you having meant to, you know, you could have, you, you could have used that time in better ways. Mm. Um, and so I would say a couple things. First of all, being around um, people who are also passionate about um, continuing to, to learn more about Christ and to be able to do Bible studies and those sorts of things. Um, all of those are very good things. But again, um, I'd say going and making sure that I have, for, personally for me, having a very structured schedule and making sure that I am um, using my my time in the way that God would have me best uh, allocated. Mm. So good. Other thoughts about the summertime? I'd say it's integral. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'd say it's integral to have a uh, even if it's a semblance of a structure. Having a structure is the skeleton on which it allows you to spend all the rest of your time. Because if you don't, 
you'll just lay around, be lazy, push things off because you have no reason, rhyme or reason to get up and go do something. Mm. If you have something scheduled up at this time, at this place, I'm going to go and complete this task, even if it's menial. I mean, every Saturday I'm going to clean the house or I'm going to clean my room, I'm going to deep clean, I'm going to vacuum, I'm going to pledge all the tables, I mean, I'm going to make it all nice and neat, make my bed, I mean, everything. It's at least a form of structure on which you can base everything else that you want to do around. So. And nobody listening to this would be at all surprised that you want to go into the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> this is exa exactly where John wants to go, and his mentality is: we got to get those corners straight, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. One more question, because yeah, I told you I'm over here, man. I'm loving this. Uh, you said just one more question for you: uh, the culture shock of coming to America, number one, and the educational process, number two. Uh, how we do our Christianity in this country. Yeah. Um, are you going to stay in America to be a teacher or are you returning home and go to be an educator? Um, I have one more year here in America, so I'll take that. I'll be a teacher, hopefully, in a classroom. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. There, there are some of us who are trying to convince Suzette that she should go on for the big D and uh, get the Ph.D. Doctor. behind her. And uh, her dad is going to be spending some time at my house. He's staying at my house. Oh, you're, going, you're going to doctor. doctorate He school. and I are going to have some conversations. Look well, out now. <laughs> it's over. Well, you, you know, right now. <laughs> it is. Well, right now, when I started out my um, education journey, I, I started with the goal of becoming a, or earning a Ph.D. That was the goal from, from the start. But. You know, as of right now, I'm just finishing my master's, and I'm a little, like, um, senioritis all over again. And uh, also, um, from what I just learned in education, the way that, uh, like, political and social current is right now, I wonder if I want to pursue education. I mean, I may pursue uh, a PhD, but I don't know if it's going to be in education because I don't like the outcome. Um, we're we're creating a huge, and I, I meant to say that at the beginning, it's like the clash that we we have. It's not because it's, well, I would say that we can we came from for the Christians. We come from an echo chamber of Christianity all over the place. We go to university. It's another echo chamber, and those two clash. And I know people don't want to say think we would. I would expect that. Um, at universities would be the free exchange exchange of ideas and you're free to say what you want to say but the more I'm understanding the more you s I'm realizing that you're supposed to think a certain way for you to be um, to be well for your views to be acceptable and it doesn't matter if, it, if you want to talk about Christianity or not it's just a matter of uh, what are your views on the what are your world views and you need to be careful in how you say it because uh, it's not acceptable. Oh, and vocabulary is critical. I mean, yeah. I keep getting responses back on like the words you said here. Yeah. Right, right. I, I'm, and I'm here. I am not a very politically correct person. Um, I, I mean, as in, like, I don't want to say that you we need to be careless about others' feelings, but I'm not about to uh, bend the truth just to make someone feel better about who they are. Yeah. So, so. I think that's where education is heading right now. We don't want to tell people the truth anymore. We just want to say, well, everything is equal, everything is acceptable, and we know it's not. 
it is an, not. It's a very interesting uh, discussion <laughs> point. That's probably a discussion for another two, old two hours right there. Right. I'm really glad, Kelsey, that you brought up the issue of vocabulary because words and choices of words, definitions, we've talked about that all year long, actually. Right. HB, do we need to take another break? We're going to take one, but on the note of warp and woof yep. and, and combining wisdom and knowledge, um, you bring up a good point, you said, because here's the truth. Um, as you continue to grow and develop as young people, you, you must understand that everything is an echo chamber. Everything that you do, whether it's pro football, whether it's uh, culinary arts, whether it's uh, PTA, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you do where there's more than like one or two people, mm-hmm. now you have this system that is going to be detestable sometimes. Right. It's going to create um, almost a reaction of making me say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. But you have to say, okay, right. for the betterment of our culture, the betterment of our society, mm-hmm. what parts am I going to give, and then what parts am I going to just have to deal with the, that are uh, yeah, distasteful? I, mean, I think that the shock was more of the fact that we've been told for so long that university is that one place where we break the shadow of the echo chamber, and then you realize, like, oh, no, it's not. Well, I felt like that when I found out it wasn't a Santa Claus. You know, it's like. We're going to come. <laughs> you know, it's like, I know, you're expected to learn because the teacher's going to. I know the goal is to. Um, the teacher needs to be neutral. I mean, that, that word should be removed from the uh. dictionary to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> but. That's not That's not. That's it. not true. Uh, and that's why we're here today. And that's why people listening to you right now are hopefully gaining some wisdom and knowledge because this isn't secondhand information. This is straight from the mouths of our young people who are going to be uh, leading us tomorrow, taking care and making the bills and the policies that we live by. Uh, we're going to take another break. Uh, the youngsters said they didn't need all that hip-hop and that little fast beat stuff. All right. See what they know about this, Dr. Mark. You're listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove Day. Dr. Mark Echo. Yes, sir. Nothing like love, man. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is absolutely wonderful, and uh, we're here talking to uh, five IUPUI students, uh, all in the midst now of uh, making career changes and life changes uh, while they maintain their Christian walk. Uh, this is incredible. Comenius Institute every Tuesday during the the school year over at IUPUI mm-hmm. allows these students to have a a hub, a place to go and share values and mm-hmm. opinions and ask questions or whatever. Uh, uh, unbelievable, bro. This is the second year in, right? This is the second year, and I'm just thrilled uh, with the program that, that we have. And it's very, very distinctive. Uh, we don't do Bible study. We don't have a curriculum. We don't read a book. Uh, we really just take students where they are with the academic, intellectual questions that they have coming in and out of classes. And quite frankly, that in and of itself is a whole curriculum. So the opportunity to interact with these kinds of ideas and help students uh, think Christianly about them is huge. I wanted to kind of extend this discussion now into your local churches. And I'm wanting to ask uh, just a general question about how do local church people genuinely or see you as college students in these years? How do they approach you? How do they treat you? What's the general uh, response that they have to your studies? Um, go, just jump in and, and go for it. I think it's interesting. I, so we have, obviously, these structured sort of youth group things that we've got up until high school, right? And then once you get into college, it's sort of like you are now, um, you know, what would be considered an adult, right? And you're starting to kind of um, gain a little bit of independence and sure-footedness. And that's really the point that I feel like the church is almost, it's most necessary to go and step in and say, look, um, how can we help you? How can we, you know, 
be there alongside you as you're taking these first kind of baby steps out into the, you know, what you would call, quote unquote, the real world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's interesting because in my, I mean, I would say in my personal experience, we had um, with our church, um, for a while we we tried to do, there was a a college uh, outreach group that we started to to try to organize. and as time went on, I guess it just sort of fell apart. It was something that, unfortunately, it just there just weren't enough people that were coming, and they didn't. I mean, it was difficult to figure out how exactly to connect, mm-hmm. um, because again, you're not quite dealing with kids. You're not quite dealing with full, you know, fully uh, independent adults. You're kind of in this middle ground, and so it's it's very interesting. I think. Um, Having something like the Comenius Institute has been very helpful because um, Dr. Mark has been so faithful in just pouring out um, questions and talking to us and um, really investing his time in us. Um, I would say that that's something that um, I, you know, again, I love the church and I love my church and I I think that there is definitely room for improvement and I want to see that hopefully uh, very soon. Yeah, Um, yeah, I, I, I'm coming from we just changed churches you know about a year a little more than that ago um and the the difference i think growing up in in a more kind of conservative church where you know you do youth group and everything is very structured like that um i think the response in in college has been a different you know and mostly because of, of changing churches like that and um getting to see the the types of interactions we have we have a college group that meets every month or so um and we just kind of hang out and get to know each other. It's it's a really fun time, um, and there's a couple people in our church who really care. Uh, but I go to I go to Tabernacle Presbyterian over on 30, 34th and Central, um, and it's nothing but good things from people who are just really caring, really uh, loving, and genuine people who care about you and care about um, where you are in your education and your faith. And that's the way I think it should be. It's just. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can tell, and I'm sure other people can tell, just the investment and the and the care. And I think as Christians, we have to really reach out in that way to just care about people and express that in a way that makes them feel loved and and understood and and validated. Mm. So, do you think the there's a need in the church generally uh, or specifically? for an academic intellectual enterprise that is that that the church ought to esteem this or uh, look for opportunities to be engaged in the university beyond the bible study beyond the worship songs uh, beyond the prayer meetings not that there's anything wrong with any of that that's not my point but how does the church engage that or how would you like to see the church do that i would say absolutely it is necessary primarily because when you're growing up, you're being taught the theory of being a Christian. When you become an adult and you get out in the real world, you're now in the application. And as just about every single aspect of history has shown, there's always a gap between theory and application. In the case of college, that literally is the gap. You are being taught the theory of academia, of adult education, you are now applying the theory that you learned as a child, and you are going to hold that theory on into your adult life, or you're going to ditch it. I mean, that it is the most vulnerable time, and yet the most important time for growth. Bright man. Yeah. No, no, because yeah. theory versus application, here's the problem. By the time we figure out scientifically what the theory is, 
time has changed. Uh, for instance, the theory that we live by, Mark and I, as I'm approaching 60, you just turned yeah. 60. <laughs> but anyway, no, the theories that were taught to us were this, this data, this, all this information gathered on how we should do what we do. Well, by the time we get this age, that, that era is so over that the transition that needs to be made to the information technology and all these things that we're living in now, nobody was preparing us. They were saying, for, for 10 years ago, you should have been doing this, and right now you're here. So this theory and this, the, you know, what we taught you, the application is no more. With that being said, what does the 21st century church look like to the millennial? Because we were all in buildings and brick walls with this structured, regimented, uh, uh, can I say it? My grandmother, I said it all the time, the first thing I knew about church was I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't know anything about the grace of Jesus walking this earth. I didn't know anything about uh, building a personal relationship with, you know, I didn't know any of that. This was like, the first thing I knew about church was scare you so you wouldn't do any wrong. And <laughs> that was your Christian principle pretty much. Where is the 21st century church uh, from the millennials viewpoint? Um, the millennials are seeking relationships. Relationships. <laughs> yeah. We need somebody to walk alongside us. As mm. in, um, as you said, in, uh, in the past, religion or faith was a fear-based faith. Today, that doesn't, like, the word hell doesn't mean anything to most people today. Mm. Even, I mean, we use it as a cuss word. And <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's watered down. And while the, the reality of hell is, hell is still true and it has not changed, as the Bible says it, but what it has become in the mind of many young people is no longer the same thing mm. it used to be back then. Mm. And as you can see, like we're glued to our, tel uh, our cell phone, and we there's a sense of being in, in relationships or we have relations with a bunch of virtual friends, and um, and sometimes I think that we need to be snapped out of it mm. a lot and be brought back to reality and um the church is not doing a really good job in in helping us with this one mm. i mean okay relationships like go ahead well i feel like we've gone to the other extreme like you said yeah it's all about um you talked about hell when you were growing up grace wasn't really present now we've gone to the other side where it's all about grace and ain't, ain't no fear of hell exactly <laughs> i agree yeah i think yeah. that pastors are afraid of telling that to the because we we have this idea of a god oh god is so loving and um well god is also a god of discipline and <laughs> and justice and he doesn't care about your feelings that much uh, he, he has conditions and um we're very into protecting people's feelings and w because i think that again we're doing the protection of feelings because we want pe people to feel like they are love and and relationship relationship and i feel like even even in schools teachers are telling students how to build on relationships and it doesn't always work but there's know? needs there needs to be a content to that relationship exactly so. Other thoughts about this, you know, the, the ideas that are here, what does the church need to do to help you guys academically, intellectually, or take it in a different direction? It, I'd say it's honestly the realization that when discussing academia in terms of the Christian Bible and the Christian principles, it's the realization that being a Christian is about balancing the two extremes. It's about balancing the truth with grace. But the thing is you can only have grace when there's a standard you're not meeting. Grace only can be applied when you aren't making the cut. 
and you're given grace of, okay, you're not meeting this standard that has been set before you. And in terms of Christian principles, it's the standard of perfection in which all humans are incapable of. It's the fact that Jesus is now bringing you up to that standard and walking with you to help you maintain it. So in most cases, it's now a matter of doing that in terms of Walk, having people walk with students, having a mentor that it's not a, hey, every time we meet, we're going to talk Bible study and talk about Christian principle. It's no, tell me how your day is. What are yeah. your classes talking about? What are you being challenged with right now? What is your, the pain in the butt professor who's smacking you over the head with, you are wrong, you are wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, having somebody that, hey, this professor is beating me to death with this material and I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I am at my wits end. I feel as if I'm being beaten and abused by Satan right now through this person and I can't figure out how I'm supposed to respond to this. I mean, it's that type of backup that you need because we can all throw a temper tantrum, but doing it, making sure it's within its proper context and that you don't have to lay down and take it, but you still need to act with civility and you still need to explain your points of view but with grace but still showing the truth yeah no 100 percent. what we need is is investment i would say investment of time um and not i mean we see you know the ken and barbies around us all the time the happy plastic <laughs> people that walk around and talk about you know they 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 very superficially ask you know how your day was but they're checking their phone the entire time they don't yeah. really care they are trying to have a conversation that makes you think of them better, right? <laughs> That's sort of the, the, the thing, you know, am I presenting myself, you know, well, you know, it's such a self-focused thing. And the more that you are, you know, the more that we see um, people so focused on themselves mm-hmm. in conversation and just wanting to to talk about themselves, when a person comes up to them who is actually asking questions of um, mm-hmm genuine interest and really wanting to invest time into that person. Um, you know, my roommate that I've had for three years, I remember meeting him and I always, I love telling this story because in high school, again, I would go to these, these different events, these social events, and I would find, you know, it would be fine. It would be good. But I remember, um, he came up to me and, and we had a very brief conversation. It wasn't, you know, anything super special or anything like that. And I remember the next time that I bumped into him, he said, hi, Luke, um, how, how is your, your family doing in, you know, um, in Colorado and how is your family doing in, in Florida? And, and I, you talked to me about this assignment. How was that going? And he, he really, I mean, it, immediately his memory came back to all of the things that we had talked about and he he didn't see me as just another face in the crowd like oh yeah he's yeah. he's this person let's just find out what he has to say and what he's going to vent about forever you know he he cared and that was something that stood out to me and that's something that I really respect him for um, and I think we need a lot more of that in the church I could say though that it does go both ways for sure like, yeah. us as students need to be looking for uh, making ourselves approachable, I guess, yeah. yes. from the older generations or, you know, even peers. Because, um, you know, sometimes it's us that has the phone, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're not paying attention or asking Dr. Reckle, okay, so, you know, wanting his opinion, almost. We mm-hmm. just want to, like, just let it all out, and then right. that's, that's it. All right, now I'm off to class, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of ageism to some degree. Um, 
I guess I would say, yeah, there's an ageism. To, and it's it's odd, I feel like, how that's sort of happened. I feel like people, because they are stuck in a class with the same people, a lot of times it's very easy to find that people are not um, – it's, it's very difficult for them a lot of times to socialize with people who are older than them or younger than them or those types of things. So, yeah, go ahead. Ageism maybe because we're being told right now that people like those <laughs> in the corner. The, the old that, guys she's pointing at us. Are uneducated. Because they're not evolving with um, the new social uh, point of view. So if you stay, and I think that, I, w I mean, it, I meant to uh, say that we need to be reminded there is a standard after all, because we are being bombarded by relativism in our classroom. Yeah. And when you say there is no, there's no absolutism, well, every truth is true. And I know, and we know it's not true, you know? So I think that when we believe or think we're being told that every, everything everybody does is okay, as long as you don't kill somebody or you don't hurt, <laughs> you know? Um, it, it goes counter to what we're, uh, the Bible says as God being the absolute truth. And I think that we need to be reminded of that a lot because it really softens our views on certain on sin, actually. And what we use to think and, and know is wrong, it softens our views. I mean, I think that we should rethink of how we approach certain uh, uh, issues, but... It doesn't mean that we need to, so to soften our views, and I think that's where we are right now. And um, I would like I wanted to say that. Nathaniel yeah. wanted to jump in. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know we talked a lot about like how how it's important to be invested, but I think one of the ways is that is is what Josette was talking about, and um, it's it's really when it's the relationships between the older generation and the younger generation. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I commend you, Dr. Reckel, for doing well is just staying current on what's floating around in culture and what. Uh, young people are thinking about because there sort of tends to be an isolation I've noticed uh, with uh, people who I've encountered uh, family and family friends where they're just kind of brush off young people oh you know this generation <laughs> is the worst and uh, that, that happens I mean it's it's normal for that to happen it's happened for many many generations it's nothing new but I think one of the ways that we can really reach out is is just to be be human with each other. I know, amazing. <laughs> you look shocked. I know, I'm just absolutely shocked. <laughs> right, just just to be vulnerable and, and I think express to people, yeah, us as college students with our peers and, and all their also, um, you know, in the relations I've, I've had with people who are older is just not shying away from the flaws and also just, again, caring enough to educate themselves. We're getting ready to, we're going to take our last break before we close this down, but I just jotted down two words, virtual and authentic, and it is so hard to understand authenticity when you live in a virtual world, and uh, we're, we're talking about this generation now who grew up on this phone, which now everything is a virtual uh, sin push button away from your answer. Authenticity gives you a chance to, to be in the face of somebody, see their flaws, uh, agree to disagree, where you can look in the eyes of or see this face and know that I'm not mean to you, I just disagree to you, let's figure this out. You can't do that when you live in a virtual world. And I think that's the gap that we have to close just by listening. Uh, old people, I say it all the time, we have to learn the tools of today so we can communicate better. Young people have to start doing more face-to-face -to, -face to understand that every time that you say no or disagree, it is not a slam in your face, it is not I don't like you, it doesn't mean anything, but how can we figure this out? 
since we couldn't reach the agreement on just this subject matter. And that's what authenticity lends. And so we're going to get back and find out and close this show down. This is a wonderful, wonderful time we're having today. Warp and Wolf Radio on the cool groups. Man, and our young people are blowing it up today. <laughs> Reverend Charles Harrison and Ten Point Coalition is coming in the house. Community Voice and man, congratulating these brothers on a great, great uh, uh, resource to help them fight crime in our community. But Dr. Mark Echo, this has been, uh, I, I, you know, you love it. I love it, Ben, because this is the passion. You know, uh, and and when you get a certain age, I think you need to start transferring. Uh, what what is your mission? What is yeah. your destiny? Uh, and we were just talking off air, and I said I pray and hope that to the younger generation they can see me as uh, approachable. They can mm-hmm. see a light and say, you know, this guy, um, I can go and ask him a question, and yep. it's not going to be a self serving answer that he gives me back. He's just going to offer me yep. uh, some insight and wisdom because he's trekked through this thing a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't make me better than less than, but I think experience counts for something. Yep. And uh, what you're imparting on these people on the IUPI campus. Uh, it's tremendous, and they've already shared and expressed that that's what it's about. But they, you know, they all right. They don't have to worry about. <laughs> we don't have to worry about them. I yeah. don't think we have to worry. So, going uh, to close the show out. And guys, thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah, it's been great, HB, and uh, you know, HB, you and I, brothers, uh, I'd walk into the gates of hell with you, man. So, <laughs> now we're gonna go through the gates of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm scared of hell. I did not tell you what Grandma told me. <laughs> I was meeting on earth, man. All right, here we go. <laughs> let's uh, let's take the last 12 minutes or so of, of this show and talk about uh, this one issue that uh, if you were going to, to tell somebody uh, about the school year and the need for something like Comenius, maybe stories that come up, an idea that we talked about uh, on launch, at launch or personal conversations, what would you say to people? What, what is the need... Uh, for something like Comenius? You know, the other day I, I, I think of um, a text that I, it was a very simple text that I sent to uh, Dr. Mark. And we, um, I, as I was sitting and getting homework done, I looked over and I saw a booth. And on that booth, it had, um, it was, I was looking to see who they were representing, but it was this, this man and a woman. And they were representing the people for the ethical treatment of animals. And I was starting to look through some of their their things that they were doing. And, you know, ordinarily it would have been something that I might have just glanced at maybe very briefly and then walked away. Um, But, you know, I I immediately, having that sort of connection um, to Dr. Mark, I just simply sent a text, said, you know, should I talk to them? Should I not? You know, and and, uh, after a a text back saying, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, I ended up walking over and having a great conversation with them about um, what it was, it had something to do with um, whether animals have the same rights as humans, and it, it was a very interesting conversation. But those types of things, like we said, those circumstances that happen, it's so neat to be able to go back and have those types of um, those those types of conversations that you can go and, and yes, you can have have those conversations and then you could go and walk away and do nothing with them. But Cominius, I feel like, is very, very helpful to once again frame, give it a Christian frame of mind and be able to really discuss with Christians, you know, how are we to address the, the worldview of the culture that we're walking in, in all of its forms, you know. Um, I think that Cominius is a great um, 
tool that I have, and um, I love each and every one of the people that I've I've been doing Cominius with, and um, I think it's it's just necessary to be able to have that group of believers who you can talk to and really um, address the culture with. Yeah, I think one of the unique things about Comenius is really the attitude and atmosphere as well. Uh, it comes, to me at least, it comes off as a very academic sort of uh, discussion about Christianity and about life, as opposed to like, you know, the classic, think of a trope like a youth pastor, you know, like trying to be cool with the kids, but he's still <laughs> like Where 32. Where yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, you know. But I think what what I really have enjoyed about college is, is the the atmosphere of knowledge and of learning and how that is such a central focus of all of us right now in our lives that it, it from my understanding, won't be quite as central, uh, uh, again, in our careers um, when we're trying to work and we have families and different goals competing for our attention. And I think now is the time to really pour into that atmosphere of learning. And one of the things that Comenius does is treats that this opportunity is learning and not so much as a, you know, like, a, hey, I'm going to love on people, man. And you know, it's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of that. There's a lot of really, really cool opportunities. And that's great if, if I've benefited from those and from other people who are uh, really care about students. But I think Comenius is unique in that um, it really captures the, the academic nature of college. And that's what I think a lot of Christians crave and, and young people crave is just that it's not something completely off the wall different, but it's something that we're that rhymes with what we're doing in class. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it it's the proverb that comes to mind is the, the fact that iron sharpens iron. It's and we always think of that in religious uh, scenarios. We always think of that in terms of a Bible study or a one-on-one accountability partner and stuff like that. But that can also apply to earthly wisdom and knowledge as well. And being able to pound through the facts of a really difficult uh, perspective on a particular issue or a theory that we're trying to understand about human behavior. I mean, it's, we're confronted with that so often, and yet we rarely think, I should talk to somebody who's knowledgeable about this, but still comes at it from a per- Christian perspective. That seems so foreign to us because we think, oh, that's supposed to be church. That's supposed to be Sunday. It's only, you just, you talk, the only theological depth or depth of any type of thought is only when you're talking about the Sunday morning service or a Bible study. That's the only time you're allowed, you're allowed to have thoughtful depth and real meaty discussions. I mean, that's the common perception about Christian, I mean, talks, but it can also be applied to real world situations and talking about material that you hear in class. I mean, it's really important to do that. I mean, hearing about material, I mean, I had classes on classical mythology, and then I had another class intro to the New Testament. I mean, and that was mind-boggling, having to go through that, hearing it from a secular perspective. So being able to come and talk about it in, okay, this is what I heard. This is what my professor is theorizing about how the book of John or book of Romans was actually written. I mean... It's really important to be able to have someone to go and talk to and ask, okay, I, w- I just heard this, which seems completely counter to what I've been told. Is this true? And if it isn't, what? how do I react to this? Because I'm going to have to go right back into that environment, and have to, I have to memorize that because that's technically a correct answer in that class. So it's really helpful to make sure you've still got the 
anchor point of, okay, where do I actually go when all the mental back and forth of academia is done, what do I still hold to? What do I still let be my base of thought and what I consider to be true, correct, and right according to biblical theory and principle? Can I ask you a question? So when, for that class, New Testament class, mm -hmm. when you were to write a paper, did you write it to, the, um, to please the teacher's perspective or you write it to your, the perspective you knew all along? I, it wasn't anything so overt that okay. it was oh my gosh, he's asking me to write something that's heresy. <laughs> it okay. wasn't anything like that. Okay. I personally think he actually was a believer. Granted, he had a few eccentric views because he was a he was a professor, but he was had a full doctorate, spoke multiple ancient languages, so he was able to have a high, high level of knowledge about the material. So some of the stuff, it's like, are you kidding me? Why are you saying that? And then you hear his explanation, it's like, okay, so you're actually basing that on years of study. But okay. in in general, it was he wouldn't thrust the ideas on us, but it was the fact that you're being exposed to it. I mean, and I was the mm. goody-two-shoes little kid who grew up with the Bible stories in um, Sunday morning, Sunday school in the morning right. on Sundays, and then I'd grow up, I grew up more, and then I heard the uh, pastor sermons. I mean, so I've grown up with that, but it was always assumed that who wrote it, when it was written. I mean, in half of it, these were questions you never really think of when you're little or you're growing up because it's, it's the Bible. It's just, you believe it and it's right. The word that you used a few moments ago was the word vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that, that word, I think, is really an important word to take away today, among many other great comments here. The idea that um, you are susceptible to uh, viewpoints that, first of all, you haven't ever heard before. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you haven't been prepared to hear before. Third, you haven't been given the tools, that is the intellectual academic tools with which to encounter these kinds of ideas. And then finally, you're up against somebody who's older, who has uh, lots of letters after their name, and uh, these folks are college professors, and for whatever reason, in, under God's good son, I have no idea why this is, why college professors somehow are esteemed beyond all other people. I'll never understand that. But you are up against all of these kinds of uh, real pressures, I think, and I think that's that's really the bottom line for what you're suggesting, and, and really why Cominius exists is that uh, we don't want you to be vulnerable during these periods of time, but have something to uh, connect you to, not just the church, but to the ancient historic Christian belief. HB? I, I just had one last question, and you can answer this real quick. What would you tell uh, the mature Christian person that sits here now versus the one who entered college as a freshman, uh, <laughs> kind of naive and green to real world living uh, and now being on your own and making decisions on your own and still maintaining your Christian faith. How, what would you say to that person entering college? Oh, man. Did, did you have something? <laughs> like, well, they squirming now, Dr. Well, I think, I think uh, one of the things is just, you know, it, it's not – it's not really as bad as you think it is, you know. <laughs> okay. I was I, when I was young, I was like, oh my goodness, college is gonna be so horrible, blah, blah, blah. and it's it's really not that bad. It's yeah. it's. I thought it'd be a ton of work that I would never sleep, never have a social life, and and no, I have a social life. I sleep, you know. I'm <laughs> some weeks some weeks bit. less yeah. than others, but you know. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. So it's people are people. It's 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 not it's not this big scary thing. 
one thing, yeah, one thing that you come to realize is that there is a big problem on college campuses, but we have an even bigger God. And that's, that's kind of the crux of it is we walk into it and we feel like completely, um, you know, we're, we're wondering if we're even going to be prepared. And in a lot of cases, it's, it's God who does the work. And for that reason, we just need to be faithful to, to step into the position of being able to, to go where he calls us. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing too about faith, just being faithful. I mean, it, it's just, even when you don't have the answers, just realizing, well, they're there. It's just for us to discover later, perhaps. But until mm. then, you know, we just, you know, keep going. Stay solid. Yeah. I would give uh, one warning, though, is that Satan is a master of deception. Yes, and in sir. college, it's so easy to get hooked into the schedule of my classes, my extracurriculars, my social life, sleep. <laughs> I mean, it's those, it's those so let me sit my Bible to the side exactly, today because exactly. I have so much to do. Yeah, and it's yeah. the idea that you may have one of those professors or a regular class that brings up material that you know is wrong, and it's like hard line of, no, I'm not going to believe that. No, I'm not going to believe that. No, I'm not going to believe that. But you get so focused on that one area that it allows Satan to sneak in other stuff that you're not paying attention to because you're not paying attention to the fact that, Maybe that's the distraction. Maybe yeah. he's making that person mm. be like that. So that's the only thing you see. So then you don't hear all the little one-liners and bits of conversation that you hear all the time, but you don't realize Satan's actually sneaking in ideas here and there. He's sneaking in doubts that you may have, and you have no idea where it came from, but it's because after over a semester, you've heard it 30 30 times, maybe 40 times. You've heard it enough that now it's in your head, but you don't know why, you don't know where. It's all of a sudden there, and you don't know what context it's in. So you don't know where to go and where to look and how to actually combat it because it's just all of a sudden there. So I'd, I'd honestly say be vigilant, and it is oh so important to be vigilant because of that right there and how easy it is to be dece to be deceived. And even when you think you're hardlining and doing it's like, yeah, I'm doing well, I'm defending against Satan's attacks. It's like, well, you got to pay attention to your rear and your flanks as well, mm -hmm. on top of what's in front of you. Mm. Well, I would add that what we're dealing with is not different from what the non-believer is dealing with. Mm -hmm. they, they have the exact same questions we do. Um, and a lot of times I think that I would say that church needs to prepare us to start saying, I mean, yes, we are the light, but when it comes to the reality of life, there's not a hard line between the Christians and, uh, and the non-believers because what makes us different is because we know the truth. Mm. But we are in the same boat as, boat as they are. Mm. And um, probably we need to think about the fact that, um, yeah, it's, it's us versus them in a sense of like darkness versus light. But when it comes to the walk of life, we, it's the same thing. We, we are going to need to shut this baby down today just because we have the 10-point coalition coming in, and you will not want to miss their show. Uh, they're uh, wonderful opportunities that they've engaged in, uh, but they've got some great new news here this week, too. So we're looking forward to having them in. Uh, next week, actually, we're going to be listening to and talking with Dr. Daniel Watson. And one of the key questions uh, for uh, Daniel and I next week will be, uh, what is the need for African-American professors in conservative evangelical seminaries? This is a very important topic, uh, not just to me, to HB, to Daniel, but to really the church as a whole. As an African-American professor, it's going to be really great to hear his words on this. 
Uh, but this week we have had the wonderful opportunity to have Comenia students in, um, Josette, Luke, uh, Nathaniel, John, and Kelsey. Thank you ever so much for being here. We're really grateful for your lives, and uh, Godspeed for the rest of uh, life. Are you giving them the big yeah. cheer there? You give them a cheer. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you've been listening to Cool Groove Radio at the radionext.tv site. And this is Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. Next week, Daniel Watson, and we're looking forward to that. HB, thanks again for carrying the ball with us today. Grateful for that, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>